0: Together, they take on the headlines of the week, decode the disinformation, and plow through the mainstream propaganda.
1: Unauthorized, unscripted, and unintimidated. This is America Unplugged.
2: What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? It's America Unplugged here on Rockfin and on AmericaUnplugged.com, AmericaUnpluggedRadio.com and the podcast. You know where you can find it. It's yet another week. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad we all made it. We got the crew here. want to say at the top of the hour, um, uh, Free World NYC, September 9th. Tickets will go on sale on Monday. Everybody will uh, put out a link to it in some capacity so uh, you will be able to know where to get them. And we're going to plug it relentlessly. Uh, so you will be fine if you are interested in attending. But everybody here is going to be there, you know, and we're missing... Uh, Mr. Jacques Brisson, uh the Patriot Street Fighter. John Brissom is going to be there. Uh, Charlie Robinson and Richard Gage, uh, along with everybody on the panel today. Uh, Free World NYC, make sure you keep an eye out for that. We got a lot of stuff going on, man. This week was interesting and it continues to get interesting as of last night and this morning. If you subscribe to, you know, the mainstream media, which more and more I'm finding it increasingly difficult to believe anything that's going on anymore. I just want to divorce myself from everything. <laughs> right and and go go to some and into the middle of nowhere and turn off the TV and uh turn off the internet and not listen to a damn thing, and then everything that happens is within my scope, and that's what I'll believe, and that'll be the end of it because damn uh more and more i'm just thinking like I mean, I was already there, but after this week, I don't know what to say. Tony arderburn the wisest of all the wolves, is here. What is going on, sir? How are you doing
1: I'm doing fantastic. This is my first broadcast from my uh New old house in downtown Denison, Texas, right right next to the railroad tracks. I was talking to a friend of mine the other night and heard the train go by. And they said, oh, I can hear the train. I said, you haven't heard it yet. And <laughs> it's, it got uh, re- really close, right behind my house. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I live here with my son. Um, but I agree with you. It's kind of like the, the Bill Hicks routine when he talked about uh, watching CNN. This is even back in the early 90s that he said, <laughs> you know, things on fire people hate each other, there's wars, famine, disease, upheaval, then you just look out the window outside and everything's okay. Um, That's a lot like what you see on Drudge now. I mean, just a complete extension of the intelligence community and operation Mockingbird at this point. I mean, gosh, you know, if you have a memory, it is pretty troublesome because you look at this and go, wait, weren't you just saying, you know, a few months ago, uh, X, Y, and Z, and now you're, you're, you're totally contradicting yourself. I mean, remember the, the headlines uh, eight, nine months ago that Russia was losing a thousand people a week in this war against uh, Ukraine and the Western forces. And they they dropped those headlines. That would be really significant to to retrace your steps. But they're not doing that. And of course, you look at the headlines now and it looks like Moscow is about to fall. Uh, Putin is on his way out. There's uh, emergency <laughs> planes leaving. And if you go and we're talking you know, off air and guard brought up a great point He's like if you look at antiwar.com. It's a very balanced article about what's actually happening. There's a little bit of a scuffle and some, a little bit of an insurrection. And, uh, you know, the the, the Wagner group, um, which is a mercenary group that Russia has been working. They were just praised, by the way, two weeks ago for taking Ukrainian territory really uh, efficiently. And, uh, you know, the, they were talked about in the West as being, you know, so, so much more efficient than the Russian uh, actual forces or regular forces. So it is interesting to watch, Billy. I'm I'm with you 100. percent That's why we have America Unplugged, right? So we right. can we can decode this nonsense.
2: And congratulations on your new home and uh, and your boy, strapping young lad, uh, fantastic. The next generation, ladies and gents. Mister Don Jeffries is here with us, the legendary. What's up, buddy?
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, I look at everything with a critical eye. You know, I'm I'm in the the Truman Show mode most of the time now. I I, I just find all of this is impossible to believe. When I when I hear, I, I I pay very little attention to Russia Ukraine ever since I saw that video. You remember, uh, I don't know a year or two ago where they had the dead bodies in the body bags and one of the bu- bodies uh, unzipped the bag and was smoking a cigarette. I you know, I've been very skeptical of anything going on over there, much as on the footage that we've seen uh, that supposedly was years old in another place of the world, which is what we saw during the COVID psyop. I don't know if anything's going on there, but I do know they've given, you know, they've had rock stars like Sting, the predictable ones, visit there in the middle of the war zone. Uh, Zelensky is posing for GQ and everything in the middle of the war zone. I I don't know. Maybe it's a different kind of war zone. I I just find it very skeptical. They lie about everything. And I'm very much reminded of, uh, again, read 1984 again. This is the exact same thing Winston Smith and his boys of the party did. It was constantly talking about good news, comrades, surge on the Western front. Good, you know, it was constant, constantly rewriting and saying great victories or this and that. I mean, I, who knows what's going on there? I had no idea. The guy, Zelensky, was an actor, a real actor, not a crisis actor, not a conspiracy. Either. This guy was an actor who played the president of Ukraine on TV. He's the star of this production. And, you know, anything they say, I mean, you if you read the stuff about Putin, you talk about Trump derangement syndrome. Putin derangement syndrome is real, very real <laughs> amongst these people. They can't stand this guy. And they attribute everything. Everything we're saying basically mm-hmm. is inspired by Putin, according to them. Lots of Russian disinformation you're spreading, whether it's about COVID or free speech or anything else. So, you know, I, I just find all of it very skeptical. I talked before about how long we've been doing this show and I say the same thing to Jeff Rents when I'm on there Monday night. How many times we say, well, we will run the break of World War III. It's going to happen. You know, and, and, and nothing. ever. I, I don't know if anything's happening. I really don't. I'm very skeptical of it. You have the one side, the side that hates Putin is constantly saying, oh, he's losing. And the plucky Ukrainians led by their penis piano playing comedian, former actor. You know, who, who, how could you not win? we a guy like that. So they're led by the plucky Zelensky. How can they not win? Hollywood's backing him. Would, would Hollywood admit they lost? I don't think so. So, uh, you know, I just find this very theatrical. And uh, I, I take it all with the grain of salt. We'll talk about the other theatrics with the uh, submersible as well. But this is, you know, all the world's a stage, as, as Shakespeare said. And as Tony has reminded me, and I wish I'd put it in Masking the Truth, the first victim of the deadly COVID in England was named William Shakespeare. Never forget that when you think any of this is real, it's all a stage. I remember that
2: Billy Ray Valentine just popped up. <laughs> uh, prime time with BRV, baby. That's coming, man. We're going to do it again. We're going to talk about all this stuff. I, I, you know, I was texting with, with Wayne last night. I think it was last night or when the submersible thing happened. And he told me exactly the same thing. The world is a stage, you know. And, and it is, it's it's just, I, I don't know how to argue that point anymore. And, and, uh, against that point you know I I don't know how to argue against that point anymore like you can really make a solid argument that all of this is nonsense because it's it's just ridiculous we've the way people including myself have been played this week like completely and totally played man and and that's why I take it so damn personally because it happened to me (laughs) you know it happened to me on 9-11 and and you would think that with all these years you know and and experience and being in the alt media, it'd get better. No, no, no. I just got played again. Okay. All right. Well, I,
1: I, I'd, I'd like to wish Wayne a happy uh, day one of the Masonic calendar. This is the, the day one of the Masonic New Year. I'm sure it has nothing to do with anything, by the way.
2: Nothing
0: at all. For sure.
2: <laughs> well, Mr., Mr. Wayne McCroy is joining us here today. What's up, sir? How you doing?
0: Doing well, Billy. I'm glad to hear everyone here is doing well uh, as well. Uh, We are living in interesting times, aren't we? And the PSYOP has shifted gears this week, as we've seen here. And forward we go. All these uh, different news items and news stories that take precedent in the human mind, in the forefront of the human mind, are implanted there for a reason. And there's a very linear process going on right now. And I think as we continue today, maybe I'll start to point that out. Because a lot of this goes back to programming the unconscious mind with archetypes. And the archetype of the Titanic or the Titan is key in this trope that's going on right now. So this is what's being elevated and pushed forward by the news media. And now this whole thing, which I was totally unaware of until I woke up this morning, going on in Russia with this uh, talk of insurrection and civil war, aligns perfectly with this. And I actually Mm. just did a broadcast last night, The Alchemical Lantern, where I talked about this, how this programming motif of the Titan is going on. And if you're unaware of Greek mythology and where the titans come from, there's a little story called the Titanomachy that goes on, which talked about a 10-year war between the titans and the Olympians, who are the gods of this world now, the rulers of this world, and those people in positions of power in this world, these elites, they consider themselves the Olympians. So uh, once again, now we have this motif of war going on. And will this be a 10-year deal going on in Russia? I don't know. I can't say for sure. But if the programming motif holds true, then we might be looking at that right now. So uh, that's totally news to me. I was unaware of the whole issue in Russia until I woke up this morning. I wasn't paying attention to the news much yesterday as far as that goes. So that being the case, it aligns perfectly with the programming motif they have going on right now.
2: Wow. This is, this is why, uh, we brought Wayne on with his unique perspective. You know, he's always going to take it there. Mr. Vince Agnelli is in the chat. What is up, sir? How are you? Greetings and blessings. we got to bring you on back soon. All right. And last, but certainly not least, Mr. Gardner Goldsmith is here. Conspiracy. What's up, sir? Say what's hey, up. Hey man.
4: You? Thanks for Thanks for having me in with the, with the group. I appreciate it. You guys, this is great. It's good to see you and uh, happy Saturday, happy summertime. And, uh, you know, uh, we were sort of chatting a little bit before uh, before the broadcast all uh, commenced and streamed out. And uh, what really gets me is I, I, I keep thinking about this comment that Kurt Metzger, the uh, the comedian, had on Jimmy thing when they were watching that terrific racket video, uh, racket news video of uh, Peter Hotez. And just showing how repeatedly over and over again the network shills just lapped up this guy's constantly changing narrative about the jabs and it was just edited beautifully it was absolutely hilarious and we were talking about how you know drudge is saying it's the end for putin it's the end of the world for the moscow regime and all these things and i just think to myself and this is sort of what kurt mesker said he said you know some of the comedian friends of jimmy door when jimmy would bring on malone dr malone or somebody they'd be like shocked because they had never seen that information before because they were only get getting their information from the pop media sources he says you can kind of give those people a pass at, up to a certain point maybe they were on the road and you know they weren't paying attention he goes these people are in the newsrooms they're literally in front of their guests and these people keep coming on they establish one thing as a fact and then they change it and they establish a completely different thing as a fact. And, and you know, we were talking, I was like, you know, at what point does the drudge report, uh, ha, you know, has the drudge report completely tossed away any credibility? Well, for me, that happened long ago. You know, I just go to try to find out what the what the narrative pushers are pushing. But these in the, in the eyes of the people who watch CNN or watch MSNBC and see these people saying Putin's done. Putin's going to be—he's gone. It's a coup, you know. How many times can they hear that before they say, "You know, I—I don't—I don't think I'm being <laughs> sold the real deal here." You know, sure. I think this this uh, this this high sea mix is really just uh, mostly sugar. You know, it's just ridiculous. I, I just don't get it. Uh, clearly, uh, the anti-war piece that I saw about about the uh, the Wagner Group, uh, it seems like this is something that is going to be an isolated thing and um and it does seem like uh the the Putin regime for a guy who's been in there that long he has plenty of redundancies and the Wagner group you know if people think the Wagner group is going to be changing the regime in Moscow i got a bridge i can sell them going to brooklyn <laughs>
2: where how much
4: yeah really it's a, it's a, from here it's bridge work in my mouth. That's what it is.
2: <laughs> I was going to start charging tolls, man. Make some money.
4: <laughs> let's get it.
2: Anyway, no, man. Um, let, Let's uh, I, I want to talk about all that, man. Um, let's get into uh, the submersible first. Then we'll bridge over Um, to to the situation in Russia. And Wayne has a connection with both. I, I, I can't wait to hear it. News to all of us here. This is breaking with Wayne McCroy. So that's going to be dope. Um. All right, so uh, I'm watching this thing. My wife told me on Sunday, she's like, hey, a submarine went missing. And my first thought is, how does a submarine go missing this day and age? And I I don't know anything about submarines. I don't know anything about the technology, but I'm just saying, right? In this day and age, how does a submarine go missing? Okay, fine. Anyway, I, I didn't know anything about freaking passenger submarines or James Cameron has his own submarine that he built himself, all right? And, and, and he's been down to the Titanic 30 times. I don't understand the fascination of going down to see the Titanic. Don't get it. I can't relate, but I'm sure these people were Atlanteans in their past life and they want to go down there or something. I mean, it, it, everybody has different uh, uh, fascinations with different things. So it is what it is, right? So then I start finding out about the narrative and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, holy crap. You know they're like they're they're lost and they were gonna go down and see the Titanic and all of these people are billionaires and there's a 19 year old kid in there and that's what struck me the most because I'm like no way in hell did that kid wanna get in that submarine no way in hell right um, and and then it starts coming out that one of the kids one of the guys that's down there his kid was at a Blink 182 concert during this whole year. <laughs> I'm like, is that a Blink-182 concert? And he said, my family would want me to be here. I'm like, no, no, no. Nobody would want you to be at a... And listen, not that any concert would make sense, but if you went to go see, I don't know, Aerosmith or the Rolling Stones or Elton John, but Blink-182, uh, it sounds ridiculous, but come on. Like, I mean, that's where you can- your father's dying or dead and, and you're at a concert. It doesn't make any sense to me, regardless of that. So... I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like literally fully invested into the story because they start saying this. There's only X amount of oxygen that they have available to them. And every day is a countdown. And I'm like, when are they gonna, they gotta find these people. They gotta find them now. I'm like, what are they doing? Well, how come, and this is just me and my little brain. How come they're not sending some remote control drone thing down there now how how come they're not doing this and I'm just sitting there and I'm like well maybe I don't know the process right maybe I don't know how this stuff works you know so I'm let me give them the benefit of the doubt anyway so there's 40 hours left there's 30 hours left there's 10 hours left and I'm like oh my god five hours there is one hour left of oxygen I'm like oh my god these people are gonna die they're going to die. And then there's the whole narrative of they were banging on the, the submarine and a sonar from Canada picked it up. And they were like, this is man-made. This is, this is not a, a regular sound. And it's coming in 30-minute intervals. It's almost like an SOS. And there was some guy down there that was supposed to be super smart and they were crediting him for it. It was probably him that put this together so we can find them. Right? Then days It was three or four days after the fact on Thursday, they finally decide to let us know that they're sending a drone down there, right? And the drone finds wreckage. And then they say, well, there's tons of wreckage. It's the Titanic site. So there's wreckage all over the place. It could be anything. Then they confirm that the wreckage is the wreckage of the Titan submarine, which is the size of a minivan. And you can fit five people in there. It just sounds dreadful for $250,000. OK, it's, it it doesn't sound like my idea of a good time at all. Right. So they found the wreckage. Then they confirm that no lives. Um, nobody survived. Everybody was dead. And I, I was at, at a clinic with my mom at the time and I saw it on the, uh, on the television and I'm like, damn, they're all dead. But there was a wreckage. Like, what happened? Right after that, man, I, I think it was an hour or two. the the article comes out that the Navy knew all along, there was a, a huge explosion that can only be consistent with what happened to that submarine in the area where the submarine was going down, where the submarine went missing, and the Navy was fully aware of it, and contacted the company that sent this submarine down to let them know. They knew the entire time that these people were dead two hours into freaking going under the sea man. they, they were dead under the ocean. So where do, where did this whole thing come from? this, this whole they, they, they built a narrative and sold it to the people so we can follow it to what end I don't know. Everybody's out there the, the conspiratorial uh, um, community talking about hunter biden i i don't think they would do this for hunter biden it's all out there yeah he got over we already know he got over look at his dad you think he wasn't gonna get over on all this stuff yeah of course he was of course he was what are they hiding they're not they're bold-faced doing that they didn't do this for hillary for hillary clinton and she got she got over in front of the world there was a whole freaking uh, I, re- I remember being at the gym watching the 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 um her 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 court proceedings and I think it was with the FBI. I forget who it was with. And I'm sitting there watching. And they were like, all right, no, she's she's fine. She's not guilty. And I, that was in front of the world. They didn't have to blow up a submarine to cover that up. People aren't going to, to this is not going to change anything. So I don't know to what end they did this, in my opinion. But they did it. And the whole thing about them losing oxygen was bullshit because they they were dead almost instantly. And they knew they were dead. They knew they were dead. And this is how conspiracies are born 10 years from now there's going to be a conspiracy where where every member of that crew is still alive walking the earth i just went over the challenger space uh, shuttle conspiracy on a freaking wrestling show that i did i just went over it and and what's the conspiracy if, if anybody's old enough to remember everybody on this panel is that thing blew up in 1986 they kept showing the footage over and over again you can find it anywhere now of the of the Challenger space shuttle blowing up seven astronauts, right? And now they're they're, they're claiming, and it, it listen, I don't know whether it's true or not, but damn, right? That each of these people are still alive and they look remarkably similar. They have the same names, they have the same jobs. And two of them, the cover is that they had twin brothers. So that, so they got two astronauts with identical twin brothers on one. It's it's just a, a lot to believe. Right. So let's look for the Titan submarine conspiracy later on when that 19 year old kid is a 60 year old billionaire somewhere. <sighs> right. That, that's coming. But who's to blame for it? And then they call us crazy conspiracy theorists. Who's to blame when you put out something like this and then blatantly slap somebody in the face and tell you, oh, yeah, that entire thing was a lie. They didn't come out and say it like that, but it was a whole lie Because we knew two hours into the descent that they blew up and died if you even believe that narrative. And I don't blame you if you don't at this point. I'm open to listening to any theories that anyone has on this because we clearly can't believe what's been presented to us. So I, I was played and, and, uh, and I, 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 the human aspect of me was involved in it because I wanted them to live, even though it was foolish in my opinion, who would do something like this and they would control this submarine with a, with a joystick. That that's another thing that didn't make sense. This was the, like a like makeshift submarine. I, th- I think it was Don that said it was something that you found that you found in the, in the Smithsonian when that, that rocket that they sent up to the to the moon that it is it's made out of freaking Swiss cheese, just about aluminum foil. Like that's what this was, you know. So they they controlled it, and and, and now there's there's footage of it of them, you know, the promotion, and they was like, yeah, we control it with one button. It's from this Logitech controller. We can pass it around. We can throw it. You know, anybody can do it. It's nothing. You're going 12,000 feet under the sea and it's nothing, bro. Like, I mean, I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me. Um, and it never really did make sense. But I was like, you know, I don't know anything about this. So let me go and, and see what's going on. And then in retrospect, I'm like, damn, I should have trusted my instincts on this because they just played me hard and they played the American public hard. Just saying. All right, we're going to the crew. What's up, Tom?
1: Yeah, Ernest Hemingway said, uh, you know, the, the rich are different uh, than us. Uh, they have more money. He was making fun of Scott Fitzgerald. Now look at this. and You think you take a quarter of a million dollars and pay to, to climb inside of a big hot water heater, and go to the bottom of the ocean. I mean, you got to wonder, you know, how much of this is real? How much of this narrative is made up? How much of attention, how much attention do they want to grab? These are all open questions. Um, You know, I think there's something, you mentioned something earlier, Billy, I thought was interesting. Why do we have this fascination with the Titanic? Why after all these years, I mean, there's tons of shipwrecks and tragedies. And I mean, you think of the, the massive amount of history that went on in the 20th century, but why are we fascinated with this? I think because there's something inherently wrong with the original narrative of the Titanic itself. And then like, the more that you look at it, yeah. uh the more that you learn about the the creation of the federal reserve the people that did not want the federal reserve to happen that were on that ship that, that jp morgan got off of at the last minute uh you know that supposedly there could have been a switching of the two ships the what was it the uh, the olympian right or the olympic the sister uh, yeah. sister ship and i mean I, the, the predictive programming to this too the weird thing about the novel called titan that was put out in 1910 that talked about an unsinkable ship that hits an iceberg and then carrying all these dignitaries that goes to the bottom of the ocean written two years prior. Um, I don't know. There's some, there's something wrong with the story. I don't know why it's being drug up here. Um, obviously, you know, uh, <laughs> I've seen so many memes passing around, but it is, it's weird. Like you, and you, you see the, the news stories that they did, the people going, wow, this is just kind of a hodgepodge thing you put together here, you know? Oh yeah. We use this, uh, PlayStation controller, it goes, you push it this way, it goes forward. I'm like, you're really going to the bottom of the ocean.
3: With this?
1: And uh, apparently that's, they, they use their best judgment. And that's what, uh, that's what happened. I, I think it's, um, I think it's highly suspect. The entire narrative is weird to me um i mean we were in group text not to talk too much about what we talk about but uh i mean don just sent over
2: immediately said Sigh and i'm like you know, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what i was thinking um, <laughs> no right right and, and and i'm like damn man it, is he right you know like because i'm just because I, I think at that point because i i sent the article of of um the lady one of the one of the one of the gentlemen that perished one of the billionaires <laughs> was married to a lady that is descended from a couple that died on the titan right.
1: what ironically
2: right
0: you know yeah they were the owners of the macy's department store chain too uh, that's right quite a coincidence, cool yeah. isn't it you know, <laughs> macy's associated with the, the cybernetics group
2: and
4: all of those right centers. right macy's involved oh, with mk and ultra and stuff, stuff.
2: Yep. <laughs> damn yeah. He can go all day, all day with the connections here, right? Well, but- the Blink-182,
1: uh, you've mentioned that, or a Blink, what's the guy the Blink Tom, Tom
3: DeLong, yeah, with the Blink-182? Tom right. DeLonge, oh,
1: yeah. Tom DeLonge, he, he's, he's connected to the Department so of the, the Stars.
4: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That- I'll get into that when uh, you bring me can't up. A I, bring. <laughs> I-, I thought the Blink-182 thing was just that they were really crappy.
2: They are really mad <laughs> That's
4: the sign. Oh, like right. right. <laughs>
2: what a freaking horrible band! Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so so you know, I mean, um, so all of those things that Tone brought up, you know, and and, and I want to add one more thing, and then I'm gonna go to Don. It's it's James Cameron is on CNN, and and I'm watching this. He's talk, talking to Tucker Carlson, not Tucker Carlson, to Cooper Anderson Cooper. And, and and they're talking about this, and Anderson Cooper looks shocked as hell when James Cameron is like, yeah, I knew that they were dead on Monday.
3: <laughs>
2: and he's like, what? What, what? He literally, I want you guys to go back and, and find this footage. He's like, well, what'd you say? He's like, yeah, they were dead, I knew it. He's like, I got inside information. I don't want to tell you from where, but it was military. So I mm-hmm. knew they were dead. I already knew. I was like, w- w- wow. Wow. You know, and apparently he's been down there 30 times. And and he's gone down there. He's gone down further than the Titanic by himself on this machine that he made.
1: Yeah. James I, Cameron I, closely related to Skynet, so he's he's gets yeah. inside information.
2: Oh, he's got something. All right, Don, what's up, man?
3: Well, I think nothing uh, exposes the uh, the ridiculous nature of our eco- rigged economic system more than this, where you have uh, six billionaires or whatever it is who allegedly became billionaires somehow. So you think they would have some kind of intellect? uh opting to and first of all it shows if you know you have too much money if you're wasting two hundred fifty thousand dollars on something like this right uh it's almost like michael jackson you know wanting to buy the elephant man's bones you know i mean there's such a thing as way too much money okay you know that's why we need let's spread the wealth a little bit at least if you're gonna at least be careful right i mean who who looks at that craft and says yeah i I feel comfortable going i have billions so I'm, i'm not looking for anything good but and then you have the leader of the guy who puts out a perfect woke uh, soundbite right before saying, "You know, hey, you know, I'm not hiring any guys, fifty year old white guys. I mean, this is this is maybe that's why they engendered some sympathy. You know, normally billionaires aren't the most sympathetic group, but you know that if they can't launch any kind of a rescue effort for six billionaires, you know they're never coming for you if you get in trouble. So you forget about it. So <laughs> if this government can't rescue billionaires, who can they rescue? But I look at that thing and uh, somebody told me in the way it looked, I don't even think it had any lights on it. So uh, they were plunging down into darkness. How are they even going to see the Titanic? Maybe they had some flashlights on board or something. I mean, what? How do you not have lights? It looked like it was like DeMar Hamlin's uh, ambulance that didn't turn the lights on. I mean, it's like, you know, what you need electricity. Uh, what, why didn't they do this? I mean, the thing looked, it looked like, a, again, it looked, as, as Billy Ray mentioned, I likened it to the Apollo craft. Looked like it was built in somebody's backyard. And, if, I, and if, you, if James Cameron is out there and he has the wherewithal to go down that deep, uh, why didn't they just, you know, borrow his or copy his model or something? Who okayed this? And they did, apparently they didn't try it out at all. Which, again, is another similarity with Apollo because we know they never tried out the lunar lander on Earth. Just set it up in this, you know, maybe it'll work, it'll work. It did. And just keep in mind, during the Apollo Apollo 13, the amazing rescue, you know, which a uh, You'll remember the, the beloved movie, you know, based on that, where they were, they were able to with those 1969 or 1970 computers, whatever it was, they were able to turn that thing around, man, and bring it. So they were able to rescue a craft out there in space in 1970 or whatever, but they couldn't go to thir- 13,000 feet. It's not 13,000 miles. I mean, you have parts of the ocean that are, you know, a hundred thousands of miles deep, I think. So I guess we're never going to know what's uh, anywhere there. Maybe there is Atlantis out there. We we don't certainly know. We're not we're not charting anything. But they'll they'll show you a picture of the Milky Way, and claim they're taking a picture of that. But somehow they can't figure out a way to get down there. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. It exemplifies what kind of government we have. If this thing is remotely true, which I look, I, I apologize to the billionaires and their families. They're grieving families who are, you know, going to inherit billions, but um who, if this is true, obviously loss of life is tragic, but if this is true on the search, then they were incredibly irresponsible. And would would we feel this kind of sympathy for six crack addicts who, you know, bungee jumped without cords or something? I mean, that's basically what they did here. It makes no sense right. what they did. The whole story makes no sense. And uh, just looking at that, and again, <laughs> I know nothing about the military. I'm as unmilitary, as I told Tony that, you know. I'm certainly the closest I came to the military was fleeing to Canada. You know, if uh, the draft drafted lasted a little longer for the Vietnam War, uh, that would have been close as I came to it. But, you know, the the idea that we had that a, a submarine can't go 13000 feet, that doesn't seem that deep to me. Again, when you have parts of the ocean are miles deep, I don't and if James Cameron can go deeper safely several times with whatever craft he built. What does that say about our military industrial complex? What are we paying for exactly? If that's true, I mean, that's our government is is really morphed into something where they just tell you what they can't do Oh, we can't do. They can't do anything. They can't guard the border. They can't, you know, it's it's constant uh, stream of, yeah, you're giving us trillions and trillions of dollars. We don't really know what anything is spent on. You're not building up the infrastructure, not doing anything that we can see tangible. So where is that money going? I guess to hit squads for whistleblowers or something or for one thing, but what, you know, where is it going? Why can't you perform a simple rescue? As was mentioned before, why couldn't they send a, some kind of a drone or unmanned craft? They supposedly tell you they're sending unmanned craft to Pluto, which is unfathomable light years away or whatever. And, and yet uh, they can't send one 13,000 feet under the ocean, something this makes no sense. And then to top it all off, the, uh, the, the truly nonsensical lie that they knew all along they were dead and they dragged this thing out and put on some kind of an absurd uh, dramatic thing where people, I mean I know my family and stuff, people hey you watch it? No, no, I don't, I don't watch TV. No, I don't watch this. I'm glad I'm not watching this, but lots of people were, they were at the, yeah. on the edge of their seats. Oh my God, are the are the beloved billionaires going to survive? What about the 19 year old? You know, what about the kid that was at the blink 182 concert? I mean, mm-hmm. This the story. It's the whole thing is just so. And again, it's just it's perfectly tailor made to the idiocracy, and uh, it's a good thing it happened. You know, you know, near Juneteenth, during Pride Month, because this is something we can all be proud of.
2: <laughs> you know, um, I just looked it up. Uh, Twelve thousand five hundred feet is where the Titanic wreckage is, <laughs> and it's like nine Empire State Buildings stacked on top of each other. Um, uh, and from the reporting that I heard while I was fascinated, intrigued, and horrified sitting at the edge of my seat watching this. Um, <laughs> there are not many submarines that can go down that far, but James Cameron was able to do it. <laughs> James freaking Cameron yeah. by himself. So I, it's just, I just I was like, what? you know? Because they did a whole thing. They were like, okay, these animals live here. Then it got like rarer and rarer as deep as they went. You know, the, no light can come through at this point. You know, and they kept going further and further down. And, then, and there's the Titanic wreckage, you know, and, and there's only but so many submarines in the world that can go down there. Then I'm, I turn on CNN on Friday and James Cameron is like, yeah, I made this. Yeah, I, we, we made it together, me and some dude. And <laughs> and I've been going down there, you know, forever, like just no willy nilly, you know, and they talk about a submersible community. There are other people that are fascinated with this and do this. All right. So I'm all right, guard. What's up?
4: Yeah. You know, there, there are a couple things that that come together for me here, you know, as I sort of sponged up all this stuff. The first was a comment on uh, Boston Radio. Uh, the host is named Howie Carr. He's uh, been a writer, written a, a bunch of books about uh, mafia out of Boston and stuff like that. He's pretty well known and he's syndicated now. And a guy called up and he said, and this is before they had announced that they were the, the crew was lost. And I said, you know, Howie, I hope that in the end, however it happens, I hope somebody in their families or these guys, if they are rescued, gets charged for this because they were incredibly reckless and they should have, you know, taken better precautions and look at all the resources the the key that I saw from that was then mirrored in a way by Dan Crenshaw of all people. And I'm not a fan of Dan Crenshaw, but he got slammed yesterday Uh, Because he said, look, this this operation was mishandled. He brought up the point about they knew early on or seemed to have known early on that this thing had imploded. Uh, They had either they didn't want people to know about it because they were using secret sound technology or certain people didn't know about it. Like James Cameron knew about it. And I saw that I played the segment of, of Cameron last night on my show. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he's, he saw it almost like a charade. He's like, why are they doing this? He couldn't understand this. And um, so I think that's part of the reason why he contacted folks and spoke up. He spoke up just as things were getting a little, little crazy. And all of a sudden James Cameron was like, nah, of course this does. So He could have stayed quiet and it's to his credit that he exposed how screwed up that system was. And also Dan Crenshaw, I got to hand it to that guy too. Uh, He stood up to a lot of, lot of criticism. What it shows me, however, is in the conversation that Howie Carr had with this gentleman who was on the line calling in, the guy said, you know, these wealthy guys are taking all these risks and things like that. And you know, they're going to pay for that. And Howie Carr's like, yeah, but th- isn't that why they pay taxes? Don't they do this or that? For- so that gets me into thinking about again, it's the tragedy of the commons. And, you know, Don brought up these guys, they've got a lot of money. They're spending 250 grand on this sort of thing. And uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, shouldn't they have taken, you know, better precautions, that sort of thing. And what gets me about it is that when a search and rescue mission, so, so Howie Carr's point is, is actually pretty valid. Like these guys, as wealthy guys, if their, their personal wealth was taxed, they probably spent like a 100 times more in taxes per year than I ever will, right? So what are they paying for? And to me, that gets to the question of the imbalance of everybody assuming that the state is gonna protect people, but they have limited resources. So who are they gonna protect? Are they gonna protect the poor people who are you know brought up and, and lifted up in a sort of Marxist way? And sometimes justifiably seen as the Davids versus the Goliaths, people who were preyed upon and exploited, or are they going to uh, are they going to go and tack and and uh, and you know help those people? Or are they going to help the people who are actually paying the bulk of the taxes? You know, the National Taxpayers Union has statistics every year. The top twenty earners paid something like you know fifty percent of all taxes. The top fifty percent pay eighty or ninety percent of all taxes. Right, so. You know, how do we figure this out? And I'm not saying one is better than the other. What I'm saying is when you public, when you put something into the public, when and again, this is an anarchist argument, but when you put something like search and rescue or safety or anything like that into the hands of the polis, the political polis, you're just going to get everybody bickering with each other over, or, over who's going to get rescued. Is this, did they take pre- enough precautions? Well, I think so, but I don't think so. Everybody's going to be, have differing opinions on They're all going to get pissed off. So this, this is the sort of thing to me that really shows, shows me again, like if you, and I, I brought it up on the show last night, if you had two, two water, uh, ocean paddlers, right. And they were out in the ocean and they had misjudged and the weather took these guys down and they were trapped out there just off the coast of Maine. Right. And there were this narrative, like, are they going to find the guys and they, how much is enough to spend? Whose resources are there? They're partially my resources. What if I'd rather spend my resources putting a fence up to protect uh, to protect my children and their playground because we have bears or coyotes in the area? Can't I do that? So none of these the, the the entire concept of having the having any form of the government go out there to help these guys is completely Ill, illegitimate. But it's illegitimate for everybody because it means that somebody is going to have his money taken from him, and then it all becomes different rationales and justifications on how much was enough to take from these guys did they prepare enough and then that final point leads me to then translate that to, to government-run health care because it's the same thing they do with government-run health care if you haven't or they do it in england if you're obese well you're going to have to wait 12 months to get an elective surgery done because you're fat and even though you might have paid more into the system screw you because we because it's collectivized and we have limited resources So the whole thing becomes an absolute mess. It's like I said, you know, Frederick Bastia said, the state or government is that great fiction by which everyone tries to live off of everyone else. And this is the absolute lesson from this thing. This thing tells us that the the state is completely unmanageable. Everybody argues over whether or not these guys should have been rescued, whether they had already paid so much more than I would have paid, that they deserve to be rescued, that they didn't take enough precautions. It's not up to me. Leave it up to them. Let them hire a private company to take care of them. And I'm out of it. I have nothing to do with it. Why am I sucked into this? I should have nothing to freaking do with these people. That's it. Bottom very, line.
2: Very interesting, brother. That's a, that's a different take, right? I love hey, that. You know. Totally different, man. I haven't heard that one before. Um, yeah. no, it make it, And you know that it, those arguments have come up, right? And even on, on, on television, I was... Cause I told you I was totally invested, so I'm sitting there watching everything. And uh, somebody—I forget who it was—but somebody comes in and like, uh, "Should we rescue these people? Like, how much money is it going to take?" They went on. They went out there, you know, on their own accord. You know, why should we spend taxpayer money? Somebody's getting the bill for this. You know, who's gonna who's gonna pay for this? And they went all. Oh. And I was like, "Man, that's a hell of a thing to say, but it makes sense, right?" Like yeah, at this yeah. point, man. Um, Wayne McCroy, what's going on, buddy? I can't wait. Tell us what's up.
0: Well, just the simple fact that this had you intrigued and sitting on the edge of your Bill totally. you should tell you something right there. Yeah. There's more at play with this whole story than just this event, this alleged event that happened. So regardless of what your stance is on this event, is it a legitimate event? Did people really die? Was it all sta- a staged production? Regardless of your stance, what we need to walk away from this with is the understanding that this was used as a form of psychological manipulation on the public. It's a template for mind control programming. And I'm going to go ahead and maybe stretch your minds outside of the box a little bit here now. Let's look at the overall big picture of what's gone on with this. Look back about, oh, a week to a week and a half ago in the news cycle. And what was the big thing that was happening in the news cycle? Well, if you were paying attention, there were a bunch of UFO whistleblower claims coming out and aliens landing in the backyard of this guy in Vegas, if you were listening or paying attention to any of that. So what were these aliens? The guy called 911, 911, always got to invoke the archetype there, 911. And he told the police, hey, there's aliens in my backyard. They're eight to 10 feet tall. So that's right around nine feet tall, right? Uh, Somewhere between eight and 10 feet tall. So these aliens, these giant aliens in his backyard, so we see right out of the gate there, starting last week, this trope of giants or titans, if you will, out there in the public programming. And what you have to realize is this is an archetype, and it affects the human consciousness on an unconscious level. So affecting you on an unconscious level, you won't consciously recognize the archetype, but your brain does. Your mind sees this, and it registers back there, and it has some type of a subliminal effect on the human psyche. So now fast forward a week, and now we have this submersible thing going on. And of course, they stretched it every way that they possibly can. They've known conceivably since Sunday that those people allegedly died in an implosion, and yet they stretched it out over the course of a week. For what purpose exactly? Well, some people would argue it's the cover for Hunter Biden. I don't buy that. That might be a part of it if you want to look at it at just the surface level here. But if you want to dig deep beyond the surface level of these things, you need to look at Jungian archetypes and archetype programming, mythology as a programming template. And I'll point out there's a very important book out there called Changing Images of Man that you could look up. This was a Stanford Institute study. And in that book, they acknowledge that they use mythology, allegory, and archetype representation to program the human mind to accept a new image of mankind, his place in the universe, and a new image of the universe. This is what it's about. So it's about programming the minds of the people with this new image. Now, if you look back, we see, if you go back last week, to the whole alien narrative going on there that they were pushing quite heavily. You see the the Titans, or the Giants, being fully displayed there. Now, fast forward to this event, and we have the sub called the Titan. Of course, that uh, was going down to see the Titanic. And the Titanic is based off of an earlier story, and Tony mentioned this before. And the actual publication date of that book was 1898. And the title of the book was Futility or the Wreck of the Titan by Morgan Robertson. And this book pre-echoed everything that happened in the actual real world events of the Titanic 14 years later. 14 being a very important occult number to many of those dark occultists who do this type of social engineering programming. 14 represents the lost word of Freemasonry, if you want to get into the brass tacks of that. So 14 years prior, they put out this programming template that an event like this could maybe conceivably happen in the future. This is something known to occultists as revelation of the method and some in the conspiracy community as predictive programming. And we see this all the time in our entertainment media today and the news media. So very much so, this has gone on with this whole event because now you see, if you've been paying attention, In the social media, people are making the connection now back to a 2006 Simpsons episode where Homer had the same thing happen. And they used it as a programming template throughout the course of this entire week to draw the distinctions there. Now, let's go ahead and take another step back for a moment. The Simpsons, as a programming motif for this event, if you go back the prior week in the news cycle, we had the aliens landing in the yard in Las Vegas. Now, the uh, guy who allegedly made this 911 call, he has a viral interview video out there in which he's wearing a Simpsons t-shirt with a Masonic checkerboard pattern on it. And there's the connection there. Like I said, I'm going to stretch your mind a little bit outside of the box. But also, we're going to take a step further in this stretching outside the box here. So not only was he wearing the Simpsons t-shirt, there's also, if you go back and look, there's a Simpsons episode. Where the Simpsons are abducted by aliens in their backyard. And this is a spoof of the old Twilight Zone episode to serve man. If you're not familiar with that. The aliens in that episode were also giants, titans. Uh, So that connection is there as well. So we have all of these connections. These what I call synchromystic metadata out there. Connecting these events in this way. And the problem with this is it becomes plausibly deniable by these people. But I would urge anybody out there who's a statistician, go ahead and just try to see what's the statistical probability of all these things aligning the way they have. And I think you'll find there's a pattern there that this isn't just coincidence after coincidence with this stuff. Now, I would argue that perhaps there's a beyond human intelligence that guides or steers or directs a lot of this stuff because it seems to me that human planning alone can't account for many of these things that happen especially if real world people do lose their lives in these events but uh, that in and of itself is part of the tell here so uh, we could make the connection and draw this all the way back to what was the programming motif of the titanic event itself well it was the earlier trope of the the book in 1898 where the the craft was called the Titan. So we've come full circle, Titan to Titanic, back to Titan again. So we have this archetype of the Titans being drawn upon, and you have to go back to Greek mythology to see the connection here. So we have the Titans, and what was the story of the Titans? Well, they were overthrown by the Olympians back then, and we have this same type of trope going on. So this is kind of like a programming template to gear up the human mind for the reporting of a war. And lo and behold, like I said, I woke up this morning and I found out about the events going on in Russia right now. This war, because the Titanomachy in Greek mythology is about a 10-year war in which the Olympians conquer the Titans and throw them down to the depths of Tartarus. So when you go back to these programming motifs and these archetypal ways of thinking, You could very clearly see what's going on. And like I said, the uh, people in positions of power in this world, the social programmers, very much acknowledge that they use this type of information for programming purposes. In that book, Changing Images of Man, you can find it in there. They certainly make reference to the fact that they will use mythology and mythological archetypes to program the human mind to accept certain things. So that brings us back again So we have this alien motif that sits there as well. Is it the return of the Titans? And if you go back and even look in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, you find the talk about it. And there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. So we have, once again, this hearkening back to many of these synchromystic connections. And this is a different way of thinking than most people are accustomed to in the modern era. But I assure you, there's something to it. It seems to me that once you recognize that it's always ties back to the occult, then you could begin to maybe unpack some of this information and make a little bit of heads or tails out of it. And like I said, the problem with it, though, is it becomes plausibly deniable by those people in positions of power because we've been conditioned to think of this as being totally nonsensical when nothing could be further from the truth. They acknowledge these types of ideas in their own writings. So there you go. Um take take that for what you will guys. There's my two cents.
2: Incredible, man. No, and 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 uh you always seem to have that, you know, cuz cuz of your knowledge and what it is that you do, you always seem to have that different take on these things. So I lo- I love to hear it. And and to be honest, like, we we cannot turn a blind eye to it, even if it might sound, like like Wayne said, a little bit out of the box, right? If, it, if We can't turn a blind eye to it because it's happened so many freaking times already. How many times does The Simpsons have to predict something? I understand they made 8 million episodes, but damn it. Yeah. How many well, times?
3: Like, I this is if I can add one it? thing, Billy, to what Wayne said that I forgot yeah. to mention, What's it up? goes along with what he was saying. James Cameron claimed that he went to the bottom of the ocean floor how many times?
2: 33 he did he did he was 33 there you go
3: (laughs) it's a coincidence
2: man and 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 i've had conversations with tone about that because i think sometimes it's overblown right because everybody's like oh he said 33 and went down or 33 times they went to the hot dog stand and you know or something like that and then you know but it keeps coming up yeah like why you
3: you wouldn't say you wouldn't say that a normal person he might say i've been there many times i've been there dozens of times maybe over 30. Why that number? Just like when Tom Hanks during COVID, when he tweeted out that his wife, Rita Wilson, was beating him by 201 points in gin rummy. He wouldn't put a number in there, but 201 was for agenda 201. And people who were in the know got the point. They do these things all the time. They're doing it and hiding in plain sight, as they say. Well,
2: that's it. Any, anybody got thoughts on, on what Wayne said? And then we're going to move on to Russia. What's up, Tom? Well, I mean, I think
1: the Simpsons had—they've uh, so far predicted 666 things. Is that what is? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: at, at least at least around? Let's well, round up. And right? I would say
1: too, and I'll end with this: when you uh, there's something about having eyes on a, a subject matter, having like you—you you got emotionally invested, like you started thinking about, yeah. you know, you you were projecting into, you were in that sub, and yeah. what would you be thinking it? Uh, how, how terrible would it be and running out of air and all, all of that, right? So think of all the energy that's paid to that. Think of all of the, the people around. There's, there's power in getting attention paid to something when you okay. pay attention, right? So I think there's, there's something about these events, even if they're not manufactured, that the, that the elites, I believe, or whatever you want to call them, I got I got scolded the other day for somebody. Don't call them a leech. Tony, they're scumbag parasite. Okay, I got it. Um, but there's something about that when you get people to pay attention to something, there's energy in that, right? There's an, I, I do believe we live uh, in a world where the occult is used. And occult, this means hidden, right? There's hidden knowledge, hidden hidden um, sequences and symbology that uh, they believe, and it could be real, that uh, it creates power. So I don't know. Something about it.
2: Well, to that point, allow me to stretch your mind just a little bit to quote Wayne McCroy. Uh, Monsters, Inc., ladies and gentlemen, it's 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 not just a movie. Go watch it. First off, it's freaking fantastic. The first one. But um, I think there's so much truth in that movie. I remember just sitting down and watching it and I'm like, oh, my God. So go watch Monsters, Inc. All right, guard. What do you have to say about all this, man?
4: Yeah. Feeding off the fear. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, there, it, it actually brought to mind something that I remember from being a little kid. I was a massive fan of Starsky and Hutch and Paul Michael Glazer was in a TV movie about guys trapped in a sub and it was based on a true story. It was almost 50 years ago mm-hmm. and I called it up and it was called. Let me see. It was called Trapped Beneath the Sea. It was a uh, 1974 hour and 37 minute TV movie. And I remember the drama of the guy's oxygen is, is depleting. He's running out of oxygen. I think his He was in contact over the radio with his wife or something like that. You know, is he going to get rescued? Is he not going to get rescued? I think there were more than one guy or something like that. You know, what's going to happen? It's getting cold that, you know, are they okay? Sleep to preserve, you know, to, to, to use up less oxygen and all that stuff. And I just thought this is exactly like that, you know, this is the real deal. Well, it turns out that was based on a true story as well, I guess. And those guys, I think that they were rescued. Um, and, I, you know, this, this is clearly being used for multiple purposes and um, I can't, I can't imagine what it is going to, uh, whether it is a setup and it's, you know, it's part of a larger narrative or it's, you know, uh, an actual event and these guys, you know, um, clearly just took their own risks, that sort of thing. But I think it's, all it's going to do is get people to focus again on, um, you know, having hearings or doing something in Washington and that sort of thing. When again, the focus shouldn't be on that in any way whatsoever. It just continues to reiterate the concept that the government should have something to do with people who just take their own stinking risks, you know, and why the, you know, and again, it goes to the original philosophy of the state uh, that was not the first, but the, the, the foundational philosophy of the state on which the constitution was based was John Locke's second treatise. And there's nothing in there that the government is supposed to protect you from your own stupidity or na- or from natural disasters, you know, and all of that stuff. And, and I, br- I bring this up on my show a lot that goes towards the interpretation of the 14th Amendment, which many people think reads equal treatment under the law. It doesn't. It reads in part equal protection under the law. And that shows you just how far people have come to think that they deserve something from government. That if you get a handout, I should get the handout too. Well, how much is a handout? I don't know. And to, how much did you pay into the pot? Well, I don't. I mean, it's just this isn't a civic organization. This isn't the Rotary, you know. This isn't the Lions Club. We're forced to pay for these things. And how about we just stop the force and leave our neighbor alone, and they can take their own risks, and I can go about my life.
2: Yeah, so you're, I think you're absolutely right, and, and but uh, what, what people. Uh, don't understand and this is a lot of people in the freedom community a lot of people in the alternative community who want the government out of their lives they're like leave me alone leave me alone but when they get into trouble come save me yeah can't have it both ways no, no very shit. good guard I, I, I love it I, I love everything uh, that everybody had to say today thank you for all the different perspectives on this man I I was suckered in you know and and then I'm like oh, I was lied to you know um uh I I think I think there were real people that died, man. But if it came up later that told me that they didn't, what 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 am I supposed to say to something like that after I've been lied to for a week, bald face? What am I supposed to say to that? You know, and then they slap you with a lawsuit for thinking. You know, For, 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 for sitting there and thinking about things after what they've done. This is on them. This is not on us. We think the way we think and act the way we act because of what they have done to us for years and years and years. And this is just the latest example of that, man. What the hell is going on? Let's
3: move on to Russia. We got time, guys? It's a, we've, already, uh, I, we've already hit an hour. Do you guys got to go? I, I I have to run. I'm, I'm actually going to go see The Flash with my son. So uh, I got my Green Lantern shirt on. So uh, we'll do that. So I'm going to get <laughs> lost in the world of superheroes. <laughs> right. Do you have it on now?
2: I have the Green Lantern shirt on, yeah. Let me see, see. it. That's dope. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love it, man. Um, I saw I saw The Flash. It was fun. Uh, it wasn't great, but it was good Wayne did you see it no I didn't I didn't go see it uh, oh. I'm I'll
0: probably wait and see when it comes out on video or something right. tell me so what I will, I, so I'll nice. just
3: say I'll just say you guys can take uh Jeffries at substack.com check out me there please subscribe to me there. It's the only place I'm not shadow man but I'm sorry I got it run, guys I don't know no, no, you're
2: good you're good we, we, I love we seeing uh,
3: you guard and Wayne and of course Tony and Billy Ray thanks man all
2: right hey everybody have fun take
3: care okay man thanks
2: can anybody else stick around or do we have to go I'm good I'm good cool.
1: too I should be okay for a few more minutes. All right, yeah. let's give
2: it a few more minutes. Let's just, let's just knock it out and, and, and do it. I'm, I'm going to go to you first in the interest of time. And we did t- touch on it in the beginning of the hour just a bit, but this whole thing has gone down. They're saying that this the Wagner group, this is news to me, some mercenary group um, has taken over two uh, military bases, strategic ones in Russia and are marching up to Moscow. Right, if if uh, if you believe what the mainstream media is feeding on Drudge Report, it's it's the end of the world, of course. Um, and uh, on CNN and MSNBC, they're reporting similar things. They went through a background of this guy. What's his name? Guard. Uh, um,
4: oh yeah, uh, the 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 head of the Wagner Group is yeah. uh, let's see, pra- uh, pra- Yevgeny Prigozhin. Prigozhin,
2: right? They said that he used to be a, a hot dog street vendor and And, yeah, and he did some jail time, and then he was a hot dog street vendor, and then he was uh, Putin's cook or chef, or something like that. And I'm the, and this is CNN reporting this, and I'm sitting there thinking, how did that guy get to run this elite sort of a military uh, uh, a group that was able to run things and, and and do things more effectively than the Russian army in Ukraine? And now is leading a coup of sorts against the Vladimir Putin. How, how did he, he get to this point? I, I, I don't know. Again, but given recent events, what am I to believe? I don't know. What's up, Tom? Well,
1: June 22nd, 1941, we just passed that anniversary. That was Operation Barbarossa. Uh, Adolf Hitler's Third Reich tried to take Moscow, tried to take Stalingrad. Tried to take Leningrad. Didn't happen. Neither did Napoleon. That's where you have the 1812 overture. That's what that's all about, is the turning back of the French forces. I mean, Moscow is not going to fall to a, a mercenary group, the Wagner group. By the way, that was just they were just being praised not too long ago, like two weeks ago. And the mainstream media was like, wow, this is there's something very dangerous group. Uh, very, very efficient, much more efficient than the Russian military, the, the regulars. So I don't know if this was like a setup to show that there's uh, a counter government or a counter military inside the military. I just looked at the headlines this morning and I thought, this is nonsense. And then, of course, you know, Guard <laughs> pointed out, and I just read that article on antiwar.com and go spend pull it up. You know, Wagner chief attempts arm insurrection in Russia. Well, I would agree with the, the headline here because... That's what an insurrection looks like. You're taking strategic military bases with weaponry. Uh, you know, you're know, you armed. You're uh, again, there's there's threats of violence. That's what an insurrection looks like by definition. Like your goal is to overthrow the government. Uh, I think there you look at the inside baseball here and they supposedly were hit by the Russian military in Ukraine. Like so like there's some sort of uh unspoken there's a little bit of a a a war going on between this two the two groups the main russian forces and involvement group i don't know i just know i do know this and at gut level there's no way that uh moscow is overthrown that uh the government is over putin's government is overthrown by this I, i i highly doubt it
2: yeah i was talking to john brissom this morning and he said the same thing he's like it's laughable to believe that uh that um, they're going to uh, march into Moscow and overthrow uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, so shouts to John. All right, guard, what do you got to say?
4: Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. Like I was saying, you know, um, and and the this, uh, this leader of the Wagner group has a telegram channel, and that's where they put out some of the footage <laughs> that supposedly they've been attacked by the Russians. Right. And, you know, there's no footage of actual anything actually happened. It's all after the fact nothing's been verified. there's no substantiation for anything. And then they're using that as an argument to, to say that you know they're going to be doing, doing things to take over this particular region. Um, it, it, uh, evidently, according to anti-war, uh, the leader of the Wagner group said that they've taken over this particular area to keep it safe. and, and Vladimir Putins saying, no, you're not taking it over to keep it safe. Uh, we're we're going to take care of this. And it's not anything that, you know, the media's hype of this is just way overblown. And uh, to me, it's I, I, I just don't know how much longer the pop media can keep extending the idea that the Ukraine government has even the faintest chance of emerging in any form. Of victorious against the Russians. It's just not going to happen. The country's going to be partitioned. They're going to keep the last portion of it, and then they're going to establish a new Cold War with a new Iron Curtain. That's the way it's going to go. They, mm-hmm. they want to have the, this Ukraine partition, and then they want to have the EU-NATO polarization against moscow and then they're going to take further steps that i don't even know if they've calculated what those steps are going to be but over the next 10 years they're going to keep trying to isolate russian energy exports and that's what they're going to do and they're going to try to isolate BRICS, and they're not going to be able to do that
2: something to watch something to watch yeah, absolutely yeah. um, um it, moody yeah. was here right uh the prime minister of india and and uh um joe biden you know and and uh, the administration rolled out the red carpet and did the whole deal with him you know um it was interesting because, you know, they are a part of the BRICS nations and but uh, like the United States is is uh, trying to intervene there and cause some. I mean, there's already friction there between India and China and Russia and all that. So the United States is trying to get in there and, uh, and and cause a little bit more disruption. That was interesting this week as well. All right, Wayne, tell me what you're thinking about this whole Russian situation. And we're getting up out of here.
0: Well, first of all, I, I kind of think, uh, you know, the hot dog industry in Russia must be a pretty rough industry <laughs> considering that. But uh, at any point here, I agree with Guard. This is all about instantiating a new Cold War mentality there with Ukraine as being the uh, the kind of veil between the, uh, the the European nations and the Eastern Bloc nations. And, of course, we do see this notion they've been trying to fight off this whole BRICS thing for a long time, those people up there trying to run the big show here, getting this unified one world government together. So with that being the case, I think this is just their excuse for setting up the... uh, New Cold War mentality so that they could continue to funnel endless money into this thing and do Lord knows what with that money through the auspices of secret access programs, special access programs and things like that. And, uh, of course, it's about steering the public into this system, this one world system that they do want, but they got to keep it alive with this illusion of constant warfare. And that's the whole notion of a Cold War. You don't have to have any actual warfare going on, but you have the threat of warfare. So you could keep monies going towards those different things and keep the people nice and in line with what it is that you're looking for politically, whatever's politically expedient for you. You could tell them, well, if we don't do this, then the Russians are going to, uh, you know, maybe use nuclear weapons or some such thing, like we've heard through this whole thing uh, with Ukraine already. So I think guard is spot on with his assessment there. In my view, I think that's what they're, they're aiming for. They want this excuse to funnel money into things so that they can direct their secret programs behind the scenes and have the public's okay with all of it. Uh, so that's my estimation of what uh, is intended there.
2: Well, thank you very much. And and guard is, is typically on point with all of this stuff. So, you know, we, we're, we're very happy to have uh, uh, Guard and Wayne as part of the Extended America Unplugged family, man. Thank you guys for coming on uh, whenever whenever you, we need you guys, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your insight and everything else. Tone, we're getting up out of here, ladies and gents. Tone, tell them what's up. Tell them where they can find a wise wolf, man.
1: Well, you can find my podcast anywhere podcasts are found. That's Paratruther or the Arterburn Radio Transmission. My website is arterburn.news. Uh, also sponsor this uh, program. I'm so proud to be on with you and Don and, and Wayne and Guard. Uh, and that is Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. You can find that at wisewolf.gold. We do not have a minimum. If you want to get some precious metals, you can contact us. We'll uh, we'll look at all the, the options for you and, and put you into something really cool. And we also have Wolf Pack, which is a monthly membership program. Uh, if you've thought about getting into precious metals and maybe you already do, you want to see what we can find for you, let us buy it for you uh that's wolfpack.go go check it out Helps support this show
2: fantastic what's going on wayne what you got
0: uh, i could be found at alchemical tech gmail at gmail.com the alchemical tech revolution podcast is available anywhere you find podcasts i got some books out there <laughs> if people want to google my name and find them and also i could be found right over here on rockfin as well Rockfin dot com backslash Wayne mccroy If anybody wants to find some of my other work, I also have the Alchemical Beacon dot dot com. I like Substack; it's really growing rapidly for me.
2: Fantastic, man! And I'll go over to listen to to Wayne's show. I listen to Wayne and Guard quite often when I'm when I'm cooking when I get a chance, and they always play the best music. Huh. You know they, they they always have something cool going on as far as music goes man um what was it that you played guardman you were playing this week i think it was was it devo i forget what you you played something from like a 70s 80s new wave type thing i forgot what it was that you played but it was dope
4: was it the yeah. psychedelic first, President Gas? It was not the psychedelic first. Um, that. Yeah, it was I'll have to go back and look. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to check it out and see. I It was something, don't it was remember, something very cool. I played some of the cult, too, uh, but that was last week. You I know, saw I the cult
2: remember. perform live, <sighs> opening for Bush. I went oh, to see man. Bush. I didn't go see the cult, but I did see the cult because they opened up and it started raining. It was at Jones Beach. It was like heavy, heavy rain, and people started backing up into the tears, right? And the dude, the lead singer of the cult, lost it. He was like, what are you doing? He's like, these are first world problems. It's a little bit of rain. Come out here. What are you doing? He's spazzing. I'm right. like, he's right. You know, let me go out and start watching them. They killed it, by the way. It was dope. Oh, yeah. Guard Goldsmith, tell them where they can find you.
4: Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, so Liberty Conspiracy, Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock, uh, 6 in the evening, Eastern time on Rockfin and Rumble and Twitter. And then uh, the Guard, uh, Gardner Goldsmith sub stack, is over there and every Sunday I put out the Sunday News Assembly and then I put out articles when I get the opportunity. And then uh my other work for MRctv.org, uh the MRC TV Rumble channel is there. So you got Liberty Conspiracy Channel on Rumble, you got Liberty Conspiracy on Rockfin. That's kind of the home. And then you've got um my Substack and MRC TV on Rumble. And then finally my fictions available over at uh Amazon and Barnes Noble and stuff like that. And I just finished editing a couple of the things that should have come out years ago. uh, And uh, there's a lot of stuff in there, as I was saying, that, you know, people are going to read it. They're like uh, and I just want them to know. I wrote these years before the stuff happened. I was just (laughs) imagining and extrapolating about pandemics and vaccines and stuff like that. So I'm not predictive programming it. I just was imagining. Uh, So, yeah. So, yes. Liberty Conspiracy, Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock. I hope people can join us, spread the word about it. And then on Twitter, you can find me at Guard Goldsmith. Um, oh, and one other thing. I can't wait to see you guys in September at so the convention.
2: I yeah. cannot wait to do that. Talking Heads was what you played. It just. Oh, came,
4: yeah. Burning down the house. Burning down the house. Right, right man. man.
2: Wow. It, it took me a while to, to get into Talking Heads. Like, I always liked uh, Once in a Lifetime, you know, because yeah. I thought it was a weird-ass video. But yeah. to get into them as a whole, like, it took me a bit. But now I am fully in. David Byrne, right,
4: is the name of the dude? Yeah, he's uh, an interesting cat. I he's like a David Byrne. genius. The
2: guy is a musical genius. He put out an entire Salsa album, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Go listen to it. It came out in, like, 92, 93 or something. It's dope. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's what you played. And Wayne uh, always plays dope music. He has me singing Eye in the Sky all the time uh so it's fantastic i i plan to do the same when i get back on the air at freeworld.fm with prime time with billy ray valentine i used to, that was my favorite part of doing the show was playing the music i got to play whatever i wanted so we're gonna do it again coming soon and of course free world nyc for those of you that don't know it is happening september 9th it's going to be mr tony Arterburn, mr don jeffries wayne mccroy gardner goldsmith will be there charlie robinson john brissom and richard gage that's the lineup ladies and gents and and there's going to be some other people um hanging out with us i think uh um uh ny patriot from the occult rejects is coming to hang out so he'll be in a a crowd a couple other people um you know so make make sure you get your tickets very intimate affair um they'll go on sale on monday we'll let everybody know Everybody will will have access to the link and we'll do that. It's America Unplugged. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Check me over on the and of course right here on America Unplugged on Rock Think and AmericaUnplugged.com. We're getting up out of here. Do not burn the place down while we are gone. Tony, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna play us out. I'm up? gonna play us out. He's playing us out, ladies and gentlemen. Stand by. Bye bye. Stand by. Let's listen to photo music. Everybody.